0: Welcome to a new episode of The Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintrom. How Are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Let's jump right in. But right before that, I want to say a quick thanks to Amp, who's sponsoring this episode of The Electric Podcast. Amp is the makers of energy man- management solution for e-mobility products. We're going to have to, a little bit more to say about their service later on the show, so stay tuned for that. Um But let's jump right into the news today. We have a a few Tesla news to discuss, and then we're going to jump into non-Tesla EV news. And then we're going to take you guys' questions, comments, subjects, and go right into it. Uh, So... Tesla launched a new service uh, this week, uh, getting into a brand new business, the rap business. And I'm not talking about hip hop. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, uh, the wrapping of their vehicles. So that's something that has been a rumor. But I mean, I say rumor for a while. Tesla actually did this in uh, China a few years ago, uh, at least briefly. I don't know if they still do it in China. But now this is in the U.S. You can go straight on Tesla's website, the Tesla shop website, actually, and, um, and where you can buy other accessories. Now you can buy a wrap for the Model 3, Model Y, or a clear wrap also. So you can get just the x expel like, style um, wrap that protects your paint, or you can get brand new colors from your car. Again, just Model 3 and Model Y. There's seven uh, colors for it. People have been uh, complaining a bit about the, the color choices that Tesla has because they said it's not like, normally, like, when you have a wrap you, 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 what's fun about them is like you, you have a lot of options or different more like fancy more funky colors uh tesla didn't go with that as much but you, there is the classic like a matte black so obviously this is going to be popular uh the white looks just like the tesla's white uh paint option you have this grayish uh pale gray color which is i think looks pretty good actually yeah it's the um, color of
1: my brilliant i I really like that color
0: yeah, this one is also interesting. It's like a blue, a, a gray with like a tiny a hint
1: of blue in in there. Rose gold.
0: Rose gold. You, I was I was gonna say I don't even know that this one is, but like I can do with rose a little bit of a green. So Tesla used to have a very nice mole esque green color. Yeah, this one is very reminiscent of that one. I, I like it a lot. Uh, uh, the red is uh, looks like basically the 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 mole uh, the. That you can get in all while in Berlin, basically, uh, but in a wrap. So yeah, I, I mean, I think the, these colors are pretty cool. Uh, I think I don't know why people are complaining so much about them, but I, I would assume the complaint might be more like we need more options, uh, which obviously uh, I can I can support that. Uh, the other thing that people are complaining about is the the price. Uh, we're talking about seventy five hundred dollars starting price, eighty five hundred dollars uh, for some of certain colors. Uh, so it is not a cheap option. Wraps are not cheap in general, uh, but I mean I've seen people quoted closer to four, five, six thousand dollars for a Model Three or a Model Y wrap. So it completely depend on where you get it. Um, the fact that Tesla is offering it, I think, is good. Obviously, it's going to create even more competition. Uh, probably could eventually drive prices down, though doesn't look with this uh, first offering with the price being higher up, but they could make a little bit more competition. And obviously, the big speculation coming out of this announcement this week, this release of this new wrapping business for Tesla, is the Cybertruck. A Cybertruck cyber wrap is going to be even a bigger thing there just because Tesla won't offer different paint color because of the stainless steel finish. So wrapping is going to be basically the only option to change the outside look of your vehicle. And now the fact that Tesla, just ahead of the launch of the Cybertruck, is launching this from all three Y points to Tesla likely making this an option also for, for Cybertruck, which would make a ton of sense. Is that is that any tempting to you, Seth? Uh, getting not a, not at right? that price. Uh, uh,
1: you know, we have some scratches and stuff on my car, and I was like, hmm, maybe we should just, instead of spending, you know, whatever on, you know, I, w- I would imagine it being probably like, Couple thousand at least on uh, repainting, um, maybe like five thousand on on a paint job. Uh, obviously, this would be another option. The colors are all right. Um, there's a lot of third party wraps that probably cost less and and more exotic colors. Um, but I think for Tesla, it's going to make a lot of sense to to do this in house. And you know, adding, you know, it's not like a paint shop where you have to add like all kinds of you know, technology uh, to get a new color, you can just you know add a new color and have it you know built. Yeah, so, just so
0: doesn't make the wraps. They probably order them. So, like, you,
1: yeah, so there could color. be a lot more options in the future, and yeah. theoretically, prices should come down.
0: Yeah, because right now, I think I, I've seen them. I heard just uh, for two service centers in, uh, in in California so far. So uh, I would assume that this is going to take a while before it spreads to all the service centers in Tesla um, hire specifically for that job or trains their staff for is This is a, almost an art like this thing. Like it's, it's pretty hard to get to get very well. So yeah, I look at the comments on, on the article about it. And yeah, a lot of Tesla owners saying um, that they got their, theirs done for closer to Three $4,000. So I think that's definitely on the lower side because I, I had mine quoted for uh, one point from all three. It was a few years ago, though. And I, I think it was quoted like 6,000 Canadian. Mm. So it's closer to like 4,500 American. So something to keep in mind. Uh, all right, moving on. We had a very interesting update on the 4680 sales. So we love to see updates on the 4680 sales from Tesla because – Obviously, a lot of the future vehicle programs are going to rely on that, including the existing vehicle program for the Y. But the Cybertruck is going to require a lot of these cells uh, in the ramp up. So this is very important. And also, we expect the next generation vehicle to rely entirely on 4680. So Tesla being able to produce them in a high volume is very important. And Tesla, as always, um, refused to share the production rate of the cells. Now, what they did is they shared a milestone. And taking the last two milestones together, we can kind of estimate some kind of production rate here. And uh, that's why I call it a production breakthrough because it looks like a significant production rate was achieved recently. So Tesla announced this week uh, the 20, uh, 20 million uh, battery cell produced at factory, Texas. We learned about the 10 million in cell uh, being produced In June. So I calculated 16 weeks for Tesla to produce the last 10 million cells. So if you divide uh, that number by 16, you get an average of 625,000 cells per week over those last uh, 16 weeks. Obviously, I would tend to believe that more recently, the number is up, like the average was lower uh, starting in those 16 weeks and has been going up since. Uh, I'm going to put a very conservative estimate uh, right now at about 800,000 uh, cells per week. Now we know that the Tesla 4680 cell, unless it has improved very recently, uh, has a, an energy capacity of about 26 amp hour uh, at 3.7 volt. So that gives you roughly 100 watt hour of capacity uh, per cell, which would bring Tesla's about 800 megawatt hour of cell production per week at factory, Texas which is quite significant because that would be for a Model Y for example would be good for about 1200 Model Y per week uh, we know that Tesla is not doing that there they, they are compensating with the 2170 now I'm trying to evaluate what, the, what, what that would be for the Cybertruck obviously we don't know the batch pack capacity of the Cybertruck but if we put hundred and thirty kilowatt hour as an example, that's still about six hundred cyber trucks per week that they could produce with that cell, with those cells from Gafferry, Texas, which is probably a lot more than Tesla is gonna be able to produce anytime this, this uh this year. I wouldn't expect Tesla to hit uh six hundred to a thousand vehicle a week with the cyber truck until uh probably end of Q one, maybe second quarter twenty twenty four, I would assume.
1: And you don't think that they're gonna make any uh cyber trucks with the old cell or the 2170s it, it would be very weird if they
0: do cuz uh, the, the old design is built around the uh, like tesla could do that with the model y cuz it already had a non structural right. battery pack design they could just produce it with or without uh, with the cyber truck uh, it would be strange if tesla anticipated that and and did a, a second whole redesign of the of the of the, of the Base of the truck for a non-structural battery pack, like that, not impossible, but it would like they would have anticipated a very uh, tough ramp of 4680. And uh, we've heard uh, Tesla say in the past that they don't anticipate 4680 to be the bottleneck for Cybertruck. And I think this announcement this week basically confirms that. Like they 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 are ready for for Cybertruck with the 4680 cells. So great news there. Um. So last week, we talked about the slashing prices on the Model 3 Model Y. No price changes this week, but big uh, lease pricing changes for Model 3 Model Y, like big ones, like uh, a big adjustment of uh, uh, basically between $70 and $90 off on the monthly price. Uh, the Model 3 now starts at $329 a month. And the Model Y starts at three ninety nine four hundred dollars a month. That's with a down payment though of forty five hundred dollars in terms of thirty six months, but still uh, very attractive. This is a uh, making uh, this is the cheapest uh, way to get into a, a Tesla
1: vehicle quickly. I don't think there was any one, other. One engine. of my friends uh, bought a, or at least a uh, Model Y, just now, uh, and he picked it up like a day before this, the news came out. So it's, it's so you like didn't one of the pricing. No, it's horrible.
0: Yeah. And one of the things with the lease obviously is that you can take advantage of the tax credit, even if, um, uh, the, the, the tax advantage goes to the automaker or, or the dealership, uh, rather than the consumer. So you can take advantage of it if, if, if you don't have access to it for, uh, income bracket reason or whatever. Mm-hmm. However, uh this update was also sent with Tesla updating its warning that it expects to lose um, on some version of the Model 3 the full tax credit uh, by December 31st. So we know that the battery requirements become more stringent uh, at the uh, next year, starting next year. And we don't even know how Tesla is getting the full tax credit right now with the base Model 3 with the LFP sales uh, and, and the the new model Y two is also using NFTs. So what what we can infer from that at least is that how Tesla is getting it right now is probably like right on the verge of the requirement, and next year's bump is gonna push it over. I would assume that's uh, that's what's happening. Makes sense. Uh, Supercharger V4s are coming to the U.S. So V4 has been quite a saga because we've known about V4 for over a year now. Uh, They've been in the plans of a bunch of supercharger stations in Europe. They've already been deployed in dozens of locations. There's a few locations also in Asia that have been turned online over the last few weeks. Um, But in the U.S. and North America, there's been no official V4 deployment until now. Not online just yet, but in construction and in advanced construction, we have now three sites that have been confirmed. One in Wilsonville, Oregon. Um, We have a a small V4 supercharger station that is being deployed. Again, not turned on just yet. We have another one in Spark, Nevada. In Spark, Nevada, someone on Reddit was able to get close enough to see that it's actually a magic duck. So it's the first V4 that we can confirm that has a magic duck on it for about... Uh, NACS and CCS. So that means that might be the very first V4 supercharger in America that's going to be used for non-Tesla EVs. There's also the payment screen that uh, we've seen in Europe being added uh, directly on the station. So that's interesting. And uh, finally, we have one more station in in Alabama, of all places, getting one of the first V4 supercharger in the U.S. in Prattville, Alabama. And uh, this, this is quite a big station that they are building there. Now, obviously, the the big deal with the supercharger V four, especially in the U.S., because the U.S. is gonna get the Cybertruck first before anybody else. This is gonna be very useful for the Cybertruck because we've seen the Cybertruck charge at V three supercharger station, and it's it's not a good look. Like you have to park the Cybertruck basically perfectly. You There's go, like, no margin for error. You see the cable like stretched to the limit, uh, to get in there, just because. um it's on the wheel, the rear wheel well. And um it, obviously the, the bed is a little bit bigger, so it's harder to get there. So this this cable of the V4, like um, for those that haven't seen it in person, like uh, we've seen it last month when we were in uh, Munich, and it's surprisingly much bigger than the current one. Like when you get stand next to it, you're like, oh, this is very big. And the cable itself is three feet longer than the existing one. So those three feet are worth a lot. Like it's uh it makes a ton of sense. So it helps with a Cybertruck, but also obviously it helps with Tesla opening up the network to non Tesla EVs because um, those are not always, those are those always have the charge port in the perfect location, the usual location, which should obviously be at the rear on the driver's side. But some of them like to get a little bit fancy with it for some reason. Uh, and, um, now it's going to be easier to for them to reach it with a supercharger network. We're going to keep an eye on the deployment, but it, so, it sounds like like we've heard of the, like a week ago of the first one being deployed and already two more. So I think it's going to come
1: fast. And those are being built in Buffalo or are those somewhere else? Those in Shanghai?
0: I don't know if that for a fact, but I, w- I would assume that it, it is Buffalo and, and that might be why there was a, a big discrepancy between uh, them coming uh, to Europe and Asia and the US. Maybe they haven't like ramp up production in Buffalo just yet Hmm. while they did in Shanghai where they have like a giant supercharger factory. One of the early Tesla Cybertruck went for $400,000 at an auction. So truck is not even on the market yet. And someone bought it for basically what? Five, six times the price that
1: it is actually worth. We have no Uh, idea how many times.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that, that that we also don't know, you're right. Uh, so it was through an auction for the Peterson uh, Museum in Los Angeles, the famous car museum, and uh, that has a relationship with Tesla. Though it's not clear if that auction had any relationship with Tesla, because uh, they did say that they are gonna buy the truck themselves and then give it to the to the owner or to the the person that won the auction. So the, the auction it was uh, it was for the their annual gala that was hosted by Jay Leno, and they had people. Making bid online, uh, so you didn't have to be there where you had to pay a seventeen hundred dollars tickets to get to get into the the gala. Uh, but it's someone that was at the gala that actually bought it because uh, uh, the online um, auction finished before the gala, and the online auction I think didn't get more than two hundred thousand dollars on that, which would have been a little bit more reasonable. Uh, but someone was willing to pay four hundred k for. Um, Uh, for uh, what they said was going to be a low VIN number Cybertruck. So that's why I put some doubt on on the whole situation here because if they don't have a direct relationship with Tesla where they're like, hey, give us one of the very first one. uh, I don't see how it happens. Maybe they think that because they have like an early reservation for it that they can claim a low VIN for that. But we know that Tesla's reservation process doesn't exactly respect the order that the, the, the reservation were placed in, in the recent years. So I wouldn't bet on that that much, but Tesla has a relationship with the Peterson and they have currently a big Tesla exposition at the show. So that might be something to do with that. I don't know. Uh, all right, we, we got the mystery that was actually asked on the podcast last week about, uh, the, the, the wireless charging startup that, yep. um, uh, Tesla bought, uh, People were concerned because on their website uh, over the last few weeks, there was a, a mention that they were actually bought by Pulse rather than Tesla. So people were like, Tesla never bought this thing. What was this about? So now we got the clarification from the release this week. And um, uh, on, on October 10, they actually confirmed the situation. And Tesla did buy Wafarian, but they sold it just a few months after buying it. And they did indeed sold it to Pulse. Uh, so it, it sounds like, based on the local uh, information from local media, it sounds like Tesla basically did the, what, what people call an acqui-hire. So it's an acquisition-hire where they, they bought the company to get their engineering staff. And they didn't actually want their operations, their, their manufacturing operation, their client list and all that. They weren't weren't really interested in that. They wanted their engineers, um, most likely because Tesla is apparently working on their own Uh, wireless charging solution so they acquired a company and then sold the operations to Paul's. kept the engineers that's that's the story uh the bullet points that's an
1: interesting uh flip right like they uh they got all the engineers which are probably the most important part of the company and then they shuttled the rest off to another. Yeah.
0: Well, Pulse is already a
1: power electronic
0: manufacturer. So maybe they just, uh, like it, it's a good deal for him. Like it's a cheap way to add manufacturing operation quickly because they did have their own manufacturing and where they produce um wireless charger, not that much for electric cars, mostly for robots too. So for, for industrial robots. So maybe Tesla was not really interested in that kind of business. Uh, though I would, I would have assumed that Tesla maybe would have wanted um. Uh, a way to manufacture those new wireless chargers, but probably maybe they weren't happy with the manufacturing operation on Warfarin. Or maybe they also don't need that much manufacturing capacity. I know that Warfarin was already producing like 8,000 uh, chargers. And uh, I don't know how popular that uh, Tesla home, because like, it, it looks clear like from this picture that was teased at the uh, investor day earlier this year that Tesla is looking to release a home wireless charging station. And quite honestly, I just, I don't know how popular that's going to be. Like, it's going to be probably a very premium product. And uh, it's just not that big of a task to just plug in your car. (laughs) I think I've been driving electric for like six, seven years, whatever it is. And uh, I think once I forgot to plug in my car like where I like I got out of the car, I forgot it. And like the next day, whatever I wanted to go. And I'm like, Oh shit, I didn't bug my car. And I still had enough charge anyway. So it wasn't even a big right. deal, but you know, it's pretty rare. All right. We have, uh, uh, a few more news to discuss and then we're going to jump into the comments section so if you guys have any questions for us you can put it in the comments right now if you can put a queue or questions before it uh, like uh, Mr Turkey Neck did like that's good um that was going to be easier for us to 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 get to those questions in uh, just a few minutes uh or it can be like we're going to have plenty of time in this show cuz uh, like I said it's a pr- pretty slow news week uh so if you guys have any other like subject in the EV space that you want us to uh, you want to take on it uh, we can get onto that Uh, also in a few minutes. So put that in the comment section right away. Uh, Before we move on to the next uh, news, we have a bunch of new EVs from Kia that were unveiled and uh, one from BMW. We're going to jump into a quick word about our sponsor of the week, AMP.
1: All right. Uh, Today's episode is sponsored by AMP, the makers of energy management solutions for e-mobility products. Team AMP is known for its expertise in the industry when it comes to understanding the battery and its functionality. With more than 300 years of combined expert experience, the team has developed proven battery management systems suitable for a wide range of applications, starting from 12 volts to 1,000 volts. That extends to AMP battery management systems algorithms that help companies building e-mobility products improve battery life while maximizing the power that can be safely utilized. The company also offers a highly integrated combination of charging software and hardware with AMP EMU. That includes an all-in-one DC to DC converter, onboard charger, power distribution, and charge controller for electric vehicles. This unit saves space and cost in your EVs while proving maximum power density. Providing maximum power density. Brands building new electric vehicle products will want to consider the Amp EVCC, a state-of-the-art charge controller for electric vehicles with support for all major charging standards, including CCS, NACS, and CHAdeMO. And the AMP Fast Charge Junction Box uh, enables level 3 DC fast charging, all built on the AMP charging software stack, the world's number one charging software capable of complying with all major charging standards globally. You can learn more about AMP energy management systems at amp.tech in the show notes or on the website.
0: Yes, thank you, M, for sponsoring this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. All right, uh, Kia. Uh, we got we have discussed a lot about the EV9 uh, in the last few weeks because uh, um, they've been trickling the information about like we talk about, about pricing, but we the, we only had one um, trim available. Now they release all the different pricing for all the different trims. Uh, start so the um, the one that starts at fifty five thousand dollars. Is the light rear-wheel drive? Then, if you want to boost the range a little bit, still keep a rear-wheel drive, uh, you get up to fifty-nine thousand two hundred. Then the next option after that, uh, all the, all these next options have uh, the long-range capability, but then you had the rear-wheel drive, uh, the all-wheel drive powertrain on top of it. So the next one is the wind at sixty-four thousand dollars, land at seventy thousand dollars. And it goes all the way up to seventy-four thousand dollars for the GT lineup. So, Kia, uh, Kia and Hyundai have been very good about that. Like they give you a lot of powertrain options across the lineup. Like you, you can you can miss mismatch. Normally, the light, uh, the rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, long range, short range. In this case, you stick with the long range. Uh, once you go all-wheel drive, though. But other than that, you you stay pretty close. Uh, you get that long range. You get a hundred kilowatt-hour battery pack, basically. Um versus I'm not sure for the short range. Okay, you're are the, the the mileage here basically. So base one 223 miles, which is still pretty good for uh, especially for the pricing at uh, 000, fifty five thousand dollars. yeah fifty five thousand dollars. Um, then the longest range version is going to obviously be the long range with rear wheel drive, which, costs a, uh, uh, w- w- which gets you to 300 miles. And uh, then if you want the all-wheel drive, you lose some of the efficiency. Uh, but with the Wynn version, you still get 270. Now with the Len and GT, it goes down to 250, which uh, is pretty wild because uh, like that's barely more than you get for the, uh, the, the standard range uh, rear-wheel drive version. Right. So all these added features that you get from uh, uh, the more premium versions, they, they really uh, hit the range. We don't have a list of those features, but...
1: Yeah, it's uh, Kia's not great at uh, keeping their range up when they add uh, performance stuff like the GT line. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the uh, EV9 GT has yeah. like 200 miles of range, whereas the regular EV9 is over 300 miles of range. So they're not that Kia's strong suit isn't making efficient uh, high high end or you know high power vehicles. They can do one or the other. Mm-hmm. And then the other
0: news was the range, but like we already just discussed it because we put it in there. But the official G, uh, EPA range were released this week, and they are as we just uh, as we just discussed. So the uh, efficiency here basically varies between eighty nine um, mpg uh, to eighty for that uh, in not that efficient one that we just discussed. So seventy six point one is the kilowatt hour of the base battery pack.
1: You know, it's kind of interesting though that the light long range rear wheel drive gets more MPGES than the smaller battery one because theoretically the only difference is the bigger battery, which mm-hmm. is heavy. so it
0: should it should technically lose.
1: It, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's a heavier battery that it's lugging around. It's surprising that it gets a better.
0: Well, oh wait yeah. a second. No, the, the APA estimated range is actually not the same that we just discussed. Like uh I just I just saw the difference here. Uh no, so it's two 223 is actually 230 that the APA get. Um 304 instead of 300 for the light range rear-wheel drive. And then um the big difference here, yeah. huge difference, 30 and 20 miles difference for the all-wheel drive versions of the of the car. So they are so, pretty efficient or relatively yeah. efficient. Or efficient or at least based on the way that the EPA is calculating them, which right. we know is always a bit controversial because Subject, uh, yeah. you, you, the automaker has a choice of multiplier that I think applied on the um, number that uh, the EPA comes to under test. And generally, Kia has been a little bit more conservative, so we are hoping that this is the, still the case, even though, surprisingly, there is significant, especially for the land uh, all-wheel drive, you, get a 30 miles difference on this like maybe you're gonna have to double check this just to make sure that we didn't do any typo or anything like that but so far I assume that's uh, that's correct <laughs> pretty well alright we have uh, the unveiling also of the, the Kia EV5 uh, which uh, you know all smaller cousins to the EV9 very similar design that we're unveiled this week uh, but a little bit less exciting because not coming to North America. Uh, we assume that because it's smaller, Americans won't like it, like everything bigger. Uh, but this is a, a sweet little like uh, compromise here between the like EV6 and the EV9. Uh, you have um, a little bit smaller battery pack. Uh, you lose that uh, basically ten kilowatt hour for the short range or long range version. Uh, but you still get well. That's a CLTC range, though it's not uh, as accurate. But that's you should you should get still over like 200 and uh, probably 250 miles of range out of that 64 kilowatt hour pack, and uh, uh, closer to 300 miles for that uh, bigger 88 kilowatt hour battery pack, I would assume. You also have a all-wheel drive version. Still works on the 800 volt system that uh, Kia and Hyundai have been using. Uh, the e -E whatever the name of that platform was uh yeah i mean if you look at the pictures like you won't obviously you 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 will be very it's going to be very reminiscent of the
1: ev9 yeah i think uh all these companies leaving out their smaller vehicles out of the u.s is is like incredibly stupid but um it's great for Volvo with their uh EX30 coming Mm -hmm. soon um I'm actually so you're going to Japan next week um I'm going to uh Barcelona to do the uh EX30 and then um the Porsche Macan which a bunch of other publications (laughs) got to look at uh I don't know yeah, you know, it's PR. just a prototype
0: set. We don't need to see the prototype. We're gonna see the real thing next week. Uh, we like prototypes.
1: We we actually like prototypes. And like, more. how much
0: of a prototype can it be if they are like a week from showing the re- the
1: real one? Yeah, and they're driving around Marina del Rey. And and yeah. why are you shipping prototypes to the U.S.? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what? we cannot complain too
0: much because we are seeing it next week. But we were kind of bummed out that we were left out of that opportunity to see we see it this week.
1: Yeah. So anyway, uh, we're we're both gonna like next week's podcast is gonna be really interesting because Fred will yeah. be in Japan and I'll be uh, in...
0: well next week. I'm am I, I, I I don't You'll think I'm in Japan speak? for the podcast next week. Okay. Uh, next week is the 20th. Yeah, no, I'm leaving on the 23rd. So yeah. Okay. 20th. I'm still uh, I'm still here.
1: All right. Uh. Well, that'll be cool. And I think back back to this. I think the Volvo EX30 uh, is just gonna kill it in the U.S.
0: Yeah, 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 I mean it's it's a nice form factor. I don't know. Yeah. It's still a SUV, <laughs> like the EV not the EV or whatever, uh five. And there's another uh electric V crossover that was unveiled this week that uh, we're not gonna see in America not this coming. time for from BMW. And uh the IX two X Drive thirty. So the latest IX vehicle in the lineup. Looks like a very solid entry. Double ULTP range, you're talking about 259 to 279 miles of range between 417 to 449 kilometers. A nice little uh, 65-kilowatt hour battery pack that's usable capacity. 130 um, max charge rate, so that's a little bit on the low side. We would like something a little bit higher for a vehicle that's coming uh, in 2024. 5.60 to 60, that's uh, perfectly okay. 111 miles per hour, 180 kilometers an hour. Yeah, uh, that's something, that's actually a a car that I've heard a lot of people like asking for uh, from BMW. It it, It makes no sense that like BMW has some nice entries right now in the EV market in North America, but it's on the bigger and much more expensive side of thing with the i5 i7 and all that stuff it's the uh, it's not cheap and um uh, this this is this would this would actually be their like model y competitor maybe, maybe it's a little bit smaller than model and did they relieve the dimensions
1: kind of reminds me of the polestar 2 a little bit
0: yeah like, but, little but it's more like it's that. more cuv than uh, than the polestar 2 i think like when I look at it, higher, it looks yeah. more crossover than like the Pole Stars too. Like if you squint at it, maybe it looks like a SUV. But uh, to me, when I when I see it on the street, I'm like, this is a a sedan. Like this is a, it's a regular four door. Uh, but yeah, this this thing is coming to um, Europe uh, starting in uh, 2024, and it's gonna be the new like entry level uh, BMW, basically. Electric BMW. Sorry,
1: too bad. Another, another yeah. Myth. It's kind of it's hard.
0: It's hard to get excited about it because it, it, I would be excited about that car. It's just yeah,
1: bringing it here. Yeah, so
0: weird.
1: All right, let's jump into the the comment section. All yeah. right, Mr. Turkeyneck is first out of the gate. Uh, question: yeah. Will Cybertruck use a forty-eight volt low voltage system? the The latest information we have is that it will. Uh, yeah. Which is actually kind of revolutionary um you want to talk about it
0: yeah i mean it's it's definitely a big deal like it, it could it could be a different like the only downside obviously is that there is some accessories that uh maybe could be could work with the the, the cyber truck like just standard off the shelf accessories that might not work uh but obviously i think tesla is going to take advantage of that by itself by offering their, their own thing that's going to work on the 48 volt system but also now with those electric pickup truck that are um, that take advantage of using power from the battery pack. you also have the outlets directly on the truck for, for, for uh, to, to do basically whatever you want with it. So you, it's not as useful as it would be on a, a gasoline-powered truck obviously so it gives Tesla this opportunity to innovate uh, with a 48 volt system uh, and uh, yeah it, it could it would drastically reduce the uh, cables uh, weight, across the vehicle which doesn't doesn't sound like much for people you're like you're thinking like how much like how big of a difference it is like look google some pictures of like a cable link inside vehicles especially pickup trucks most likely I, I would say it's even a bigger difference and we're talking about miles and miles and miles of cables that are inside of a truck just all over uh those the body and the, between those panels that you just don't see a only if you're lucky enough, if you're... <laughs> but uh, so yeah, this could be a big different maker in efficiency. Uh, we'll, we'll see how Tesla do it, but I, I'm I'm actually pretty hyped up about this possibility. I mean, but sounds like it's happening actually.
1: Yeah, and uh, theoretically, if you need a 12 volt something or other, like I, I imagine they'll still have a 12 volt lighter adapter. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you can and, always do that. Yeah, you can always do a you know down. Uh, DC to DC converter, Mm -hmm. uh, down from 48 volts to 12 Mm -hmm. volts. Um, but I agree it's a big deal. Uh, it's definitely the future. Uh, 48 volt is also a common, uh, voltage in solar panels. It's common voltage in e-bikes. So it's not like they just picked a random number in the middle of nowhere. It's actually a a pretty, you know, a, a pretty used, um, voltage. So, um, I'm glad to see it and, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, you know, more vehicles, Teslas, and otherwise, kind of jump to that. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, he's back. Turkey next back with. Uh, do either of you have your vehicles wrapped? I do not. Do you? Yeah, like I said, I was looking
0: uh, to do it on my Model Three. I I did wrap uh, the chromes. I did a chrome delete wrap, basically. So I oh, did yeah. I did wrap that. Um, I didn't do it myself uh I have a friend of mine that is more uh that is better with that stuff like I said, it is like there's an art to it uh that did it for me so it was it was pretty cheap obviously because my, my friend helped me and uh, I bought a kit online that you can buy some of those kits online that are pretty cheap um you just you have to apply them yourself in the art and the like now my model 3 basically looks like the the new model 3 even though it's a 2018 um but not the new, the Highland, obviously, but the the ones like the last two years they've been doing Chrome deletes on all the model three, model Y. So it look it looks better, I think. So I, I like it like that. But yeah, I, I was looking to do uh, a wrap. There's the, there's a lot of value. Like it is not it is not cheap. It is expensive, but obviously you protect your paint. On it's right. not just an aesthetic uh, thing. You protect your paint. So for resale value, it, it's really nice. Like you can if you especially they last normally about four years something like that. So if you're someone that is looking to sell their car, like change cars every four years, this is a very nice solution where like as soon as you get it, you put a wrap on it of the, like you, you buy the, the, the base color from Tesla, like the white one obviously now. Nowadays, though they, they do change at time. You put a nice wrap on it of whatever color you, you want the most. And then in four years when you, you want to change your car, you sell it, you remove the wrap, and then you have like a perfectly nice, um, perfect paint job to sell it, which increase your resale value.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, in my case, I'm like I've got a couple scratches in my car, and I was thinking about repainting it. And then I'm like, well, by the time mm-hmm. I repaint it, I'm almost you know most of the way to a wrap. But that said, when I do want to sell the car, and, it, and if I do pull off yeah. the the wrap, the, the scratches will still exist. Yeah, so. you,
0: you need you need the buyer to like your your wrap, right? <laughs> like, not it off, please.
1: But then you can't get exotic. Yeah. You can't do the orange with mm-hmm. the you know fluorescent stripes. So, gotta figure out a solution um oh yeah and he had a follow-up can it uh wrap be robotically applied um yeah. not that we know of yet but I, I imagine tesla would be thinking about something like that especially with uh something like the cyber truck which uh is you know has flat surfaces which yeah yeah be- I, could, I could
0: see that happening more with the cyber truck but anything like anything else like it's it sounds like it would be quite the the endeavor to to build a robot for that like it would be Maybe the Tesla Bot can do that. Like uh, yeah. the exactly. level of dexterity was quite impressive with the last one, but it's it's still one of those jobs that uh, you, you need. By the to, end of the uh, year, I bet they'll
1: yeah. they'll be doing that. Two weeks. Two weeks. All right. Uh, Martin Hughes asks, which Kia model is the Kia Nero EV killer?
0: Well, that EV five probably would be the the one that uh,
1: In a lot of would markets. replace
0: the Nero because I, I do think they're going to replace the Nero. Uh, when those new like EV three, EV four, EV five are, are are coming because uh, these are the new generation that are are built on the eGMP platform rather than the the Nero uh, and, and uh, what is the Hyundai one? The... Kona. Kona, yeah. So yeah, I think I think those are the one. But like if uh, if they're not coming to the US, maybe maybe the Nero is gonna survive there a little bit longer. I don't know.
1: That'd be interesting to see. They have been updating it. Uh... I think that's yeah kind of, yeah kind of a few updates all right uh patricio benedon asks any idea when giga berlin will offer a seven seat confirmation for the model y thanks
0: yeah
1: no no idea that's been one of the very asked most asked question that we get
0: uh, like the, the seven seat uh, availability but uh yeah we have no insight into that whatsoever sorry
1: also keep in mind that the Third row in a Model Y is microscopic, so yeah, you're not going to fit any adults back there. Yeah, But the Model uh, X is pretty expensive in Europe. <laughs> yeah, also true. Uh, Mr. Turkey next back, is the EX30 big enough to compete with the Model Y? I, I don't think it's going to necessarily compete directly with the Model Y, but I imagine there's some people who are not super uh, precious with how big their car is. Can be, and I think uh, the X30 is going to be. I mean, it's more like a competitor to the Bolt, Chevy Bolt, in size. So, uh, which is going away. So, I don't think uh, it's going to compete in the same way. But the Model Y is so inexpensive for what it is. I imagine that there is going to be some some overlap with buyers there.
0: Yeah, I mean, the every every new car, electric car, because we're still populating the entire auto market with it will i like, sometimes punch above its weight a little bit or under its weight that, that just because the options are somewhat limited so like i think my parents for example and my, my parents they want an ev so bad right now and it, that they, they put a reservation on the ionic 5 and the and the silverado electric like you're like oh whichever comes first we'll we'll, we'll take it like
1: really uh, those two cars yeah so like they they don't have they're, anything to do quite with different, it different yeah
0: yeah, totally different. So, uh, but they both would work to what they want to do. But obviously, this this is we're talking about a second car for them, so it's not like they, like uh, as important for to the variety of it. But still, I think a lot of people uh, are in this similar situation, but also in a situation where like, oh, the wire would work great, but uh, I can do something a little bit a little bit smaller too. And if it's gonna work with my price point, I'm gonna go with the EX30. So. There's going to be a lot of uh, competitiveness on that front.
1: I'm curious why they're not. Cons- I mean, if they're considering an Ionic Five, why aren't they considering a Tesla? Uh, the th-
0: it's, it comes down to the incentive to in Quebec. Like they, they want the double advantage on the incentive. Uh-huh. Uh the the model 3, the model Y will only get the federal one. It doesn't get the uh, the Quebec one. Uh, so uh, they are like bummed out about that. Uh, so, and so so basically, it, it comes down to the MOLOI is going to be like $10,000 more expensive. Basically. Oh, wow. So That's a, kind of it's... the
1: opposite of the U.S. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you uh, can't get the uh, tax credit on Korean-built yeah. batteries. All right, Tyler Hilliard, uh, when do you think Tesla will release their vehicle safety report? It's now three quarters behind. No 2023 data yet. I'm sure it's just a, uh oversight. There's no various uh, no yeah. stuff going yeah, on yeah. behind the scenes. The answer is probably like never or
0: like so, so one of the obviously conspiracy theory behind that is that it's because the data has gotten worse and this doesn't want to release that, which is not impossible. It could be true because the data has been going like up and down uh, at certain times, though overall the trend has been an improvement with again a very limited data set that was in those uh, vehicle safety report the only thing that it's good for is to compare it again itself so 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 we need data over time so it is a bummer at tesla stop producing it it might just i don't think it's an oversight necessarily but it might just be like all right like they they find out like no one is is reading that or whatever which is not completely untrue because I, I every time they released it i did an article on it and those articles were not very popular at all like people just didn't care about it uh probably because in my articles i was, I was pretty honest about the fact that it's not great data um so i don't know uh, maybe maybe they gave up on it or maybe it, it looks bad and they don't want to release it i
1: don't know I don't want yeah, to maybe the other... the, maybe the only people actually reading it are the people who want to disparage
0: yeah, maybe it's just a weapon that they're giving to their to their enemies. I don't know. It's one of those things that I know people hate that when I keep bringing that up. It's one of those things that normally we would ask this the PR like, "Hey, what's happening? You guys used to give us this data every quarter, and now you're not. What's happening with that?" Cannot do that these days.
1: Yeah, and they wouldn't necessarily give us you know something we could print, but they would kind of like lead us in the right direction. Like, oh, yeah you know, stay tuned or, you know, maybe, maybe over here is some good data. And it's unfortunate that doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, while they were not always like completely truthful, like straight (laughs) up lying
0: is not good for them either. So like if, if I would ask them, are you guys, I could literally do that. I could, uh, are you guys not releasing it because the data looks bad? They could answer that and be like, no, 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 no. And at least we know it's not that. And, I know, like some Tesla Naysayers right now, like "Oh, Fred, you're so dumb!" Like you, they say it's not because it's bad, then you're just gonna believe them. Uh, yes and no. Like I said, they, I'm very well aware that they're not always like completely truthful. But lying about something like that is extremely risky for them because sometimes a journalist is gonna ask that, and they already have the data. And they have the data. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that it's a tactic that another thing to say that I might have used in the past and it's, it's, it, it would put them in real trouble, obviously. So right, things like that can still, like you can get information without actually getting the information, if you know what I mean.
1: All right. Uh, moving on. Mike, the car geek asks, uh, does Tesla semi use V4 chargers with the megawatt plug or is it a different charger? What does Tesla call it? Megawatt question. Mark. They call it the mega charger. Um, and yeah, it is
0: a different plug than the um, the Nax connector. It's a different connector. Now is the charger itself because the charger is not the 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 the, the stall and we the the V four stall looks just like the Mega charger stall, so that could be the same. But like the charger is not the stall. The charger is in the back. We call it the cabinet basically. And that's where they they stack up all those chargers on top of each other to to get that high power version, uh, and uh, and yeah, so I, I don't we we don't know the actual difference with that, uh, but if your question is basically does can a Tesla Semi charge at a V four supercharger right now, the answer would be no because they would need a different connector.
1: Does Tesla Semis have like? both kind of chargers in case they need to do like an emergency charge at a regular supercharger. I don't know if the production version
0: does, but we do know that in the the testing phase, Tesla had a solution to charge at regular superchargers with some kind of like octopus adapter that plugged into the mega charger connector on the truck. Like, so the, the regular connector on the truck and like split off in several uh, NAX connector that Tesla could plug at a supercharger, so they have that solution. Which I assume that uh, if the, if it's still in the production version, they have one of those octopus and all these uh, in all these trucks it would make sense. But right now, uh, those trucks are mainly used between existing like uh, location that like they don't they don't go. It's 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 not like. The Tesla Semi is not yet for like a, a trucker that just takes job, like gets gets called, and like I take a, take this load from there to there. It's not for that yet. It's for a trucker that works for like Pepsi and goes from one distribution center to a store or whatever, or for Tesla between its own operations. So we're not quite there yet.
1: All right, uh, moving on. Brian Wilson, Jay Leno drove the Tesla Semi on his show, and the Tesla engineer said Cybertruck is 800 volt battery pack. Uh, I haven't seen reporting on this confirmation. Well, there, it was
0: already announced uh, last year at the Tesla SamI event uh, when when uh, when they uh, announced the production version of the Tesla. When they unveiled the production version of the Tesla Semi, uh they did mention that the Cybertruck would be uh, on on the same 800 uh, volt system as the Tesla sami for charging and all that. So uh, it's not. It was not new information. When when uh, I, I like the Jeddito drive, it was very really great, great informational. Uh, video, but uh, that was not brand new information.
1: All right, Ralph Sprat. My Model S is wrapped in Tangerine Dream. No one wants to hit it.
0: <laughs> so send us a picture, uh, Ralph. I don't know what Tangerine Dream means, and oh, I yeah, that's, don't that's know kinda... why it would make people like. In general, I think people don't want to hit another car. Right. Uh, so I don't know why the color would have a bigger impact on that.
1: And then that's oh, my, that's my dad. Look who, look who it is. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Lambert. Uh, he hey has Dad. six reservations.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, he has a lot of that. I, and every time, every week, when I go uh, to have dinner at my parents, I will always complain. Is like, I don't, I don't get a lot of news about my reservation. Like, I, I check with the dealership, and they don't, they don't get back to me and everything. Uh, yeah, they, there's just not a lot of allocations in in our region here for for electric vehicle. Unfortunately, where uh, if so you're in are, Montreal, things like that are so it's ones? a little bit better. But yeah,
1: what do you say? What are the other uh, vehicles? Oh, and I mean, you, you, if he's still
0: on right now, he's gonna list them for you. But uh, yeah, I know the Ionic Five is one, uh, the uh, ID Four, and ID Four actually—that's the only one that they did reach out to him about. Like, hey, we have one, but it was not the configuration that he wanted. They tried to upsell him. Obviously, always, always, they always try to do that. So he refused that one. He was like, "No, I'll wait for my configuration." So Must the ID Four was not one it? of them. Ionic Five, Silverado Electric. So that's that's Sri. And uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if he had one of the Volvos. Um, what
1: about a Mustang Mach-E? Uh, he,
0: I know that he did check for the Mustang Mach-E, but um, maybe he needs to do it again because I may, I think the price might have gone down since last time he checked. I think he checked the price and it didn't match what he, what he wanted. Uh, but not I'm not us say that I don't think that was uh, that long ago. But yeah, uh, maybe maybe the Machi is in there. It's just not the configuration that he wanted. Uh, there is there are some nice options now they like if you have six reservation and you couldn't you couldn't have six reservations just a few years ago you couldn't right. have six reservation electric vehicles. so on that front, we're making progress. Now obviously if you're not an electric vehicle an electric vehicle, automaker not, and you're not named Tesla, you just don't have you just don't make enough of them. It's as simple. I mean, Rivian is getting pretty good uh, in terms of the volume and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to give them that. But they're obviously still lower near Tesla. But there's progress, everyone. All right. Well, uh, yeah, he had <laughs> so the three that's missing. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Equinox and the Blazer EV. Oh, and he's even, he's even uh, thinking about the VinFast. Like you know, you know how desperate you are when you start thinking about a VinFast. <laughs> he, he's he, he's aware of the problem with it, but he's like he's so desperate about getting one. He's like, all right, like I'll I'll put my reservation for a VinFast, too. Uh, but they, obviously the Equinox and Blazer, Blazer EV are are also in the top choices. But uh, I mean, they just started delivering the Blazer EV in the US, so obviously the, the uh, uh, Canadian market is uh, an afterthought. And the Equinox went – so the Equinox is by the end of this year in the U.S., right? Yep. All right. So may, maybe early next year in Canada. That's a possibility. All right. It's going to get exciting. Well, the next few months, the next few years, it's the EV market always gets more exciting. That's why we love our job at Electric, and that's why we love you guys for listening to us, for reading our content. We appreciate you. If you do like our show, please give us a like, a thumbs up, all those things. They help the show a ton uh and it's free to do takes a second if you're listening right now on your podcast app and you like the electric podcast a top 10 uh podcast in the apple charts you can give us a five star review we had a great one last week uh forget the name of the gentleman that left it but have, it was a very nice review and appreciate you uh if you uh if you want to take a few seconds to do that it helps the show a ton uh we appreciate every single one of you and we're going to see you same time same place maybe not same time same